You're listening to Boot Boy Radio. Pride, style, and unity since 1969. Hey, you! Don't watch that! Watch this! This is the heavy, heavy monster sound! The nuttiest sound around! So if you're coming off the street and you're beginning to feel the heat, well, listen, Buster, you better start to move your feet to the rockinest, rock steady beat of madness! One step beyond! Hello and welcome to the story of Madness. Madness were originally known as the North London Invaders in 1976 and included Mike Barson on keyboards and vocals, Chris Foreman, Chrissy Boy, on the guitar, and Lee Thompson on saxophone and vocals. This six-piece lineup lasted until partway through 1977 when Graham McPherson, better known as Suggs, took over the lead vocals after seeing the band perform in a friend's garden. Saxophonist Lee Thompson tells us about the early days. I, I first joined in, uh, you know, it was around about 70, uh, 78 was the first gig in a friend's garden. Um... So yeah, I mean, I, I got together with Chrissy Boy and Barson as way back, you know, way back as uh, as early as '76. Uh, I originally had a, a clarinet. I got Chrissy Boy a guitar. We popped into the shop quickly, changed the old price tag on it because we couldn't really afford the fifty quid they wanted. Um, so he he got himself um, a guitar for fifteen quid. We went around the mics and started rehearsing around there, and uh, then the you know the punk thing come along. And um, and then Bettis and the boys joined uh, Woody Suggs, Carl, and whoever else. Uh, who's the other fella? 
Uh, John Haslip was a, a drummer, manager, singer. Um, anyway, let's not go into that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the first gig was sort of June, and about June '78. Uh, and within a year, you know, we were signed to Two Tone and uh, riding, riding on the uh, wings of. Yeah, yeah, you you were first called. What was it? The were the North London Invaders, but there was another band around that came about, and we had to change our name because they were signed up. So we changed. Uh, Mike Barston suggested uh, Morris and the Miners, and as Sug said, you know. He didn't want to be Morris, and uh, we certainly didn't want to be the Miners or whatever it was. So mm. we threw a few names around, uh, the Big Dippers, the Soft Shoe Shufflers, um, a few other names, and then we settled on the, uh, well, what was right at the end of our nose. Chrissy Boy suggested uh, a, a track from our, you know, our little collection, and that was the Prince Buster Madness, which uh, we was all like, yeah, you know, there it is. And he was like, no, I was only joking. <laughs> but we, yeah, of course it's stuck. By 1978, drummer Daniel Woodgate, Woody, and bass player Mark Bedford, Bedders, also joined the band, replacing Gary Dovey and Rogers, respectively. After briefly changing their name to Morris and the Miners, the band renamed itself as Madness in 1979, paying homage to one of their favourite songs by Prince Buster. 
The band remained until late 1979 when Chaz Smash rejoined and officially became the seventh member of Madness as a backing vocalist and dancer. During 1979, the band began to attract a live following in London after being regulars at the Dublin Castle in Camden Town. The band's first commercial recording was with the Lee Thompson composition, The Prince. Buster, he sold the heat With a rock-steady beat Erupting, but not in Orange Street. A ghost dance is preparing. You got to help us with your feet. If you're not in a mood to dance, step back, grab yourself a seat. This may not be uptown Jamaica, but we promise you a treat. I bust the bummy over with your bogus dance. Shuffle me up my feet. Even if I kept on running, I'd never get to Orange Street. So I say there's nothing left to say. The man who set the beat So I'll leave it up to you out there To get him back on his feet I bust the bummy over with your bogus dance Shuffle me off my feet Even if I kept on running I'd never get to Orange with the prince the song like the band's name paid homage to their idol prince buster the song was released through two-tone records the label of the specials founder jerry dammers the song was a surprise hit peaking in the uk music charts at number 16 a performance of the prince on top of the pops helped madness gain public recognition 
Madness then toured with fellow two-tone bands The Specials and The Selector before recording their debut album. One Step Beyond, which was released by Stiff Records. The album included a re-recording of The Prince and its B-side Madness, and the band's second and third singles, One Step Beyond and My Girl. The title song was a cover of the B-side of the 1960s Prince Buster hit, Al Capone. One Step Beyond stayed in the British charts for 78 weeks, peaking at number two. After the release of My Girl, the band felt that they had exhausted the material from One Step Beyond. However, Dave Robinson, head of Stiff Records, disagreed. Eventually, a compromise was made, and the band decided to release an EP featuring one album track and three new tracks. The result was Work, Rest and Play, which was headlined by the song Night Boat to Cairo from the One Step Beyond album. The EP reached number six in the UK singles chart.
Live recordings of Mandis' performances, as well as those by other two-tone bands, were used in the documentary film and soundtrack album Dance Craze. In 1980, the band's second album, Absolutely, reached number two in the UK album charts. Absolutely spawned some of the band's biggest hits, most notably Baggy Trousers, which peaked at number three in the UK singles chart. Embarrassment reached number four in the charts, and the instrumental song The Return of Los Palmos 7 climbed to number seven. Although the album reviews were generally less enthusiastic than those of One Step Beyond, they were mostly positive. A drama documentary film entitled Take It or Leave It was released in 1981, featuring the band's members playing themselves in a recreation of their early days to the then-current period. Suggs tells us about the band's longevity. I suppose, you know, we've all been friends. We've been friends since we were at school, a lot of us. And... Um you know, that's always been more important than the work, you know, and I think if you look at a lot of band, a lot of our contemporaries, they fell out, you know, and, and, and consequently they don't exist anymore. So, you know, the fact that we're still together, you know what I mean? It, it sounds simple, but it's a fact that we're still together. And I know a lot of young people that come and see the band are always surprised that the band, they go, is it all the original members, you know? And I think that's been part of our um, longevity, really. Who were some of the band's influences in the early days when you were just starting out? I mean, 35 years ago. Well, the, the obvious ones are the Kinks and Ian Dury. Um, I mean, obviously Prince Buster was a big influence. I'd say those three. I mean, there were lots of others. I mean, we were, you know, we loved pop music, so there were a lot of different people, but, but those three, I should say. What's the story about how you chose your name? I think I read this in your book, but I can't remember exactly. I was about 13 or 14 and I um, I wanted to have my own nickname and so my, I was, my name was Graham McPherson I just got Gray and Mac and I just didn't like them so I, I was an encyclopedia of jazz musicians and I just put a pin in at random and I got, I got the name Peter I thought well that's no good and then I read his second name and it was Peter Suggs and so that's how I got Suggs yeah
1981, the band's first studio album, Seven, reached number five in the UK album charts and contained three hit singles, Grey Day, Shut Up and Cardiac Arrest. In an article in 1979, Chris Foreman explained that the band's music would move with the times and change styles as time went on. This was shown to be the case, as unlike the two Scarfield fast-paced albums that preceded it, Seven was something of a change in direction. Sugg's vocal performance changed significantly. The album strayed from the Scar-influenced sound of One Step Beyond and Absolutely and moved towards a pop sound, a trend that continued. Near the end of 1981, Madness released one of their most recognised songs, a cover of Lavi Sifri's 1971 hit, It Must Be Love. The song climbed to number four in the UK, and in 1983, the song peaked at number 33 in the US charts. I never thought I'd miss you half as much as I do. Every night, every day I know that it's you I need To take the blues away It must be love, love, love It must be love, love, love Nothing more, nothing less Love is the best How can it be that we can so much without words Bless you and bless me Bless the bees and the birds
1982, Madness released their only number one hit to date, House of Fun, which they played live on the 1980s series The Young Ones, and also reached number one in the album charts with their first compilation, Complete Madness. In 1983, their single Wings of a Dove peaked at number two in the UK charts, followed by The Sun and the Rain. The following album, Keep Moving, peaked at number six in the UK album charts, and two singles from that album reached the top 20. On the 5th of October 1983, the band were rehearsing and discussing a possible television series, which was being written for them by Ben Elton and Richard Curtis. Barson then informed the band that he would not be able to take part as he was tired of the music business and wanted to spend more time with his wife. Barson agreed to finish recording the album Keep Moving. After leaving the band, James Mackey took Barson's place, appearing with Madness on the US hit television show Saturday Night Live on the 14th of April 1984. Barson returned to the UK for the filming of two music videos as he had played on the tracks Michael Caine and One Better Day. 
He officially left the band in June 1984 following the release of One Better Day. The six remaining members left Stiff Records and formed their own label, Zarjaz Records, which was a sub-label of Virgin Records in 1985. The label released the band's sixth album, Mad Not Mad. Bass and keyboard parts were filled in by synthesizers. I am Michael Caine.
Madness were not only running their own label at the time, but also had their own recording studio, Liquidator Studios. The studio is still located on Caledonian Road in North London, in what was once the premises of their fan club office. The band then attempted to record a new album, and 11 demo tracks were recorded. However, musical differences aroused between band members, and in September 1986, the band announced that they were going to split. Barson rejoined the band for a farewell single, Waiting for the Ghost Train. The band officially split following the release of the single, which reached number 18 in the UK. In 1988, four members of the band, Suggs, Chaz Smash, Lee Thompson and Chris Foreman, continued under the name The Madness. After one self-titled album and two singles that failed to make the top 40, the band split, as Lee Thompson explains. Had a break in 85, 86, and uh, that was it. We all sort of went and got proper jobs. Um, I'll have to read my book if I ever get it together. Came back in with the Madstock in 92. Uh, Chrissy Boy and myself started up a little band in 89 with half a dozen able chums and we started the uh, uh, band The Nutty Boys which went on for, you know, four years until the Madstock came around and then it sort of... Um, fizzled out a bit I mean it had to take a back seat or didn't have to take a back seat but um, the madness thing you know financed you know I was managed to uh, keep the bailiffs away uh, by doing the uh, mad stock which was um, coming handy you know beats living in a tent Just 
Towards the end of 1991, It Must Be Love was re-released and eventually reached number six in the UK singles chart in February 1992. Madness then announced plans for a reunion concert, Madstock, which was held at Frinsby Park, London on the 8th and 9th of August that year. The original lineup reunited, performing together for the first time since Barson left the band in 1984. Over 75,000 fans attended the weekend festival and the dancing of the crowd caused some nearby tower blocks to shake. After the Frinsbury Park comeback, a live album was released and the associated single, The Harder They Come, a cover of Jimmy Cliff's 1973 song, reached number 44 in the UK, with the album reaching number 22. Playing live is Madness's reason for being, as Suggs explains. Madness have always enjoyed playing live. You know, it's, it's our main... It's our main reason for being. And, you know, ironically, given the fact that there's so much downloading in the world, at least I can't download you physically. That's the thing. Live music is fantastic, isn't it? It really is. And, um, you know, we still get the same thrill from from, from our audiences that we ever did. Obviously, you can't beat the classics, can you? Well, you know, I mean, I've been around a long time, you know, nearly 35 years or something. And... For me, you know, I mean, there were periods in the band when we went very obscure and we just played the whole of albums. Um, like the album Seven, I remember we played the whole of that, you know, and we didn't play many hits and the, and the audience get a bit bored. Mm. You know, if I go and see Stevie Wonder and he doesn't play, which I did in fact, and he didn't play Superstition, he didn't play Living for the City, and you just think, you know what I mean, it's like... You, you walk away as a fan and you're disappointed, I guess. You know what I mean? Because it's all very, it's lovely to hear new music and it's great to know that artists are still working. But you go there for a party, don't you? And in order to make a party, you have to have some, some stuff that, 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 that jumps out at you. Well, they tell me about the pie up in the sky, waiting for me when I die. Between the day you're born and when you die They never seem to hear even your cry So as sure as the sun will shine I'm gonna get my shirt out, what's mine? And then the harder they come The harder they fall, what I know Harder they fall when I know Well, the open sun's a 
thank you all very much for coming. And thank you to everyone here who made it possible. Thank you all very much. See you again one day in heaven or hell. That was a recording from the live album Live at Madstock 1992. The band continued to reunite for annual UK Christmas season tours and held three more Madstock festivals in 1994, 96 and 1998. Also in 98, Madness returned to America for their first tour there since 1984. In 1999, Madness released their first studio album since 1986 entitled Wonderful. The album reached number 17 in the UK album charts, and the lead single, Love Struck, gave the band their first new top 10 hit in the UK since 1983. Crystal glass that echoes a song The enticement invites you along A path of exterior paradise But come the morning Shivering and contorting To border on the brink For just another sinkhole Take me down For one more round Oh, involve me in libations Rocking my foundation I pick on my relations Put me on probation Oh, I'll take Oh, I
From the 28th of October 2002 to the 16th of August 2003, a musical based on Madness songs, Our House, ran at the Cambridge Theatre in London. Madness played a role in the executive production of the show, and Suggs played the role in the production for a period, playing the central character's father. It won an Olivier Award for the Best New Musical from 2003. Sighing in her sleep Brothers got a date to keep you can't hang around Our house In the middle of our street Our house In the middle of our Our house it has a crowd There's always something happening And it's usually quite loud Our mum she's so house proud Nothing ever slows her down And a mess is not allowed Our house In the middle of our street Our house In the middle of our Them off with a small kiss. She's the one they're going to miss in lots of ways. remember seeing the musical Madness at the Cambridge Theatre in London. I thought it was fantastic and I was surprised it didn't run for longer than a year to be honest but there you go. 
In 2004, the band played a series of low-key concerts as The Danger Men, performing covers of classic reggae and ska songs. A lot of the songs were those played by the band when they were first formed, and the band performed the songs as a celebration of their 25th anniversary. This led to the release of the album The Danger Men Sessions Volume 1. In August 2005, it peaked at number 11 in the UK album charts, which was the band's highest studio album chart position in 21 years. time for the seven o'clock news tonight we're not actually going to be having the reggae hour till after the madness special originally when i was putting this together i was thinking it was going to be an hour long but it's going to be a bit longer which i'm sure you're happy about because you know madness they're great aren't they okay so we got time for one more madness tune before the break up before the news and then we will be back for part two of the story of madness Taller than you are 
clever People change just like the weather The six remaining original members of Madness began working on their first original album in seven years. In June 2008, Madness played the majority of their new album, The Liberty of Norton Folgate, at London's Hackney Empire for three nights. The Hackney Empire performances were recorded and sold to fans as they left the show on USB wristbands. Madness played two dates in December 2008, firstly in Manchester on the 18th of December, and secondly a return gig to the O2 in London on the 19th. The new album, entitled The Liberty of Knowlton Folgate, was released a week later on the 18th of May 2009. It charted at number five in the UK album charts. The band continued at various festivals, including Pink Pop, Splendor and Glastonbury. I thought I'd seen you round before Then you came knocking on my door You were only 16 years And yet you took away all of my fears I held your hand and then I knew I was the one and only one for you We were married at 21 Expecting any day our firstborn son And a washing machine You found a job In Marks and Spencers Filling shelves Sure it was pretty senseless But every day At a half past five I'll be waiting at the station For you to arrive I take your hand And walk you home And if it rains 
Sugar and Spice from the Liberty of Norton Folgate. In September 2010, Madness were awarded the Idol Award at the Q Awards in London. Guitarist Chris Foreman stated in his acceptance speech that Madness was recording a new album. In August 2012, Madness released Death of a Rude Boy as a free teaser track for their new album. Madness' temp studio album, Oi Oi, CC, Jar Jar, Da Da, was released on the 29th of October 2012 and entered into the UK album charts at number 10. In January 2013, the album re-entered the charts at number 16 on the back of the airplay success of the single Never Knew Your Name. It was very late in the discotheque I was feeling blue as I sometimes do I turned around, it was time to go A face in the crowd, a face I didn't know We got to talking for a little while You said it's not the sort of thing you usually do Talking to strangers so late in the night These days you never know Well, I thought you were nice, I even told you so But you smiled so shyly and said to me I bet you say that to all the girls you meet But it isn't so Yes, the club was closing so we had to leave We walked out together just a little at ease I would have liked to have walked you home But you said you'd catch the bus so I ended up alone Telephone number Will I ever see you again? I wonder It wasn't any longer than an hour or two That lonely street I said goodbye to you You glanced back at me as I turned the corner Was the last I saw of you to call, call out your name But stupid pride and idiot shame Hesitated, scared of playing the fool So you walked away from Mr. Cool I never knew your name Nor your telephone number Will I ever see Telephone number Will I ever 
the discotheque And I'm feeling blue As I always do I turn around Cause it's time to go tell you from Madness's album Oi Oi CC Ja Ja Da Da. So tonight is the story of Madness. On the 18th of May 2016, Madness announced their new album Can't Touch Us Now, which was released on the 28th of October 2016. And the tour followed in December 2016. So we're going to hear now a few tracks, a few of my favourite tracks from the new album Can't Touch Us Now. (laughs) 
If you wander from God's plan Square shouldered, straight as a die The righteous truth be never tell you no lies But when the old sun go down He's heading off up the wrong side of town Eyes sparkle in the red light glow Trouser pockets, he's ready to go The Rotary Club Never unsure of which shoulders he should rub Scout leader, a pillar of the judge Capital punishment, he wants to bring back the budge Of course he does Cause when that old sun go down Heading off on the wrong side of town Eyes sparkle in the red light glow Trouser pockets, he's ready to go Mr. Apples, which is probably my favourite single from Madness's new album, They Can't Touch Us Now. You're going to hear a couple more tracks from this great new album. Mr. Apples kind of jumps out at you. That's that's the big track from the album, I would say, definitely. But I'm growing on this album. I think it's it's one of those albums that you need to listen to a few times and then you really get into it. I'm going to say it again. Take your hand, do everything I can I'll care for you No matter what they say Or what they do to me I'll always be around 
with You Are Everything from the new album They Can't Touch Us Now. Well, it's been really good tonight. I've really enjoyed putting this together for you. Madness, one of my favourite groups, and I'm sure if you're listening, they're definitely one of your favourite groups as well. If you'd like to get in touch um, to let us know what you've 
for the show. You can do. You can tweet us at Rude Boy Revival. You can follow us there. And you can also find us on Facebook, Rude Boy Revival with Chris Watts. We're going to hear one more tune from uh, the new album, Can't Touch Us Now. And then we've got that interview in full from Suggs, which I did a couple of years ago. It was great talking to Suggsy. to Chris Watts on Meridium FM. Hot up! 
Hello and welcome to our Madness Radio special, talking about the latest album, Theatre of the Absurd, Sailor V. The first track I played from the album was Round We Go. I really like that one. There's something about it. It's kind of bittersweet. I like those songs from Madness, and it's very catchy, the chorus. This next one, this is Madness, uh, singing a bit of French, Sailor V. At five to eight, no time to waste, it will not wait A laying that was yesterday, up a matum into the fray There'll be no time to catch your breath, the enemy of life is dead So sweep the hallway, mop the wall, your destiny's about to cool Stations in the back, justice, a toothless old hat. It's every man now on his own. It's all for one, you better run and stand up tall against the wall. And one by one, you all shall fall. And though you try to get back home, your cover's bare without a bone. Sailor V, that's probably the one you've heard the most of. That was the first single that was released. I'm playing some of my favourite tracks from the album this evening. And then later on in the show, we'll have an interview with Suggs. Really looking forward to speaking to Suggs. This next one is Baby Burglar. Guideless Baby Burglar Where are you heading to? How could you be so selfish? How can you be so cruel? Cool? 
Following in the footsteps of your mentor Not knowing how you've broken all the rules I drift on your ship of fools Welcome to the show, Suggs. How's it going? It's going great, my friend. Yeah, couldn't be better. So your album, Theatre of the Absurd, Sailor V, is yeah. number one in the official albums chart. 
How does that make you feel? Yeah, just, you know, been celebrating the last couple of days. I mean, the irony is, of all those albums we made, this is the first one that's number one, apart from one um, compilation album. So it's pretty extraordinary after 40 years. Yeah, it's been a huge um, surprise to all of us, to be honest. Yeah, it's kind of taken you by surprise, hasn't it? It has, yeah. I mean, the process of making the records, you know, you write songs, you get in the room, you start recording them, you're not really sure, you know, and then bit by bit you start to think, hang on, this is starting to sound quite good. We've got a very good record company, um, BMG, or as Mike, our keyboard player calls them, MGM. Anyway, so anyway, cinema, it's like a cinema, it's like an Oscar. But um, the, the record started to get better and better reviews and all the interviews we were doing were very positive and, and suddenly a sort of optimism started to arise that it, that it could be number one, which was a, yeah, it was a shock to all of us. And I am right in saying this is your first studio album to make it to number one, isn't it? Which is amazing. It is really. It's surprising. Even we were sort of pinching ourselves. We were looking back through the records and we thought, surely One Step Beyond must have been number one. But it wasn't. They were all number one. I mean, number twos and threes. And never one of our standalone albums got to number one. So, yeah, it's a great feeling. And did you, did you have a good night out to celebrate? Good weekend? <laughs> we did. Of course we did. Slightly exhausted, because I've been doing every single breakfast, lunch, TV, dinner, Strictly Come Dancing. So it was it was a very full-on few weeks in terms of the promoting of the album. But as I say, it was getting more and more positive, so it was very rewarding. And so, yeah, we ended up opening a new HMV store in Oxford Street, and... And it was that one. It was that moment when we heard that we were number one. So it all sort of co- coagulated at a, a very special time. Wonderful. And you've beat Taylor Swift to number one as well. How does that feel? Well, you know, I've got nothing against Taylor Swift, but we kicked her up. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I really like um, "Round We Go." Is there a special yeah. meaning behind that song? Woody, our drummer, wrote that song. I mean, that's the great thing about our band that everybody writes. And, um, yeah, I mean, as far as I know, you, you should probably talk to him, but it's just about a wayward child who, whose mother who's trying to encourage him to be a bit less wayward. And um, I think that's, you know, a sentiment that a lot of parents understand. <laughs> that's basically the premise. Yeah, it sounds like a very, very much like a bit of sweet madness song, if you know what I mean. But a good one. I do, I do. And I think that's a very good, we was talking about that word bittersweet or is it two words um that inform a lot of our work you know even though it sometimes seems like we're happy go lucky jumping up and down with red noses on a lot of our songs are you know bitter and sweet yeah i mean i think it was neil tennant once told me about pathos which means happiness and sadness at the same time which is an unusual um position but one that madness have always kind of followed yeah what was it like putting the album together it was really good fun, yeah, because, you know, we were all bored of hearing about it, but the lockdown and all that, and not being able to do anything for two or more years, and we weren't allowed to see each other. Or... So getting back in the rehearsal room was great. We, we rented a space in an industrial estate in northwest London, and just to give us the chance not to have to worry about time schedules or money. <laughs> My manager's shouting in the background. So, um, it just meant we could come and go when we wanted, leave all our gear set up. And then we just started to think, well, maybe we're recording bass as well. And it just started to work well. Yeah, it was a strange period, wasn't it? I remember at the time as well, you did a kind of acoustic set, didn't you, during the lockdown? 
Yeah, we tried, you know. I mean, me and Mike and a string quartet did an acoustic thing online, which was really actually very good fun. But it was still odd not having an audience. And then we did another bigger show with Charlie Higston from the Forest Show uh, at the Palladium, which was kind of theatrical. And we'd made a point of, you know, I saw some bands, you know, kind of pretending that there was an audience out there. And it always looked a bit shaggy. But it was really weird when we came to the performance section of the show, looking at an empty auditorium, just kind of freaky, you know, because every fibre of your body is, is, you know, let's hope there's somebody out there, and then there isn't. And I felt it, it just wasn't for us to do any more of that. We had to wait until the people turn up again, and, and that's been great this year. The concerts have been better than ever. Yeah, I mean, it's fantastic now, isn't it? Everything's back to normal. And from this new album, do you reckon you'll perform some of these songs live when you get back out gigging? Yeah, we will, yeah. I mean, there's a debate at the moment. We've just finished rehearsing. In fact, we start on Wednesday, um, the 30th, going to Aberdeen. And I think we're in pretty good shape. How many new songs? I mean, probably five or six, yeah. I mean, I think we're very happy about the songs on this album. Obviously, we realise it's Christmas time and people want to hear the old hits and probably a lot of office parties and people who come out for a Christmas being up. So you don't want to kind of bore them to death with the whole new album. <laughs> but um, but um, hopefully some of them are bored to it and they'll know some of the songs. But we'll play, yeah, yeah, we'll play, we'll play a good proportion of the new album. Great. And what are some of your favourite tracks from the album? Um, oh, my goodness. Well, I mean, I'm very happy with Theatre of the Absurd, which is part of the title of the album, which I wrote, um, which is just about that feeling of being locked in. I mean, I just saw myself in a sort of faded theatre where there's no exit signs and the chorus line don't know what song to sing and nobody knows what they're on about. I mean, I read a little bit about the Theatre of the Absurd and it was a movement, a surrealist movement, and... I think it was a French theatre company that started writing plays in gobbledygook because it just felt like no one could communicate with each other anymore. And it kind of felt a bit like that during that whole lockdown, that we were so polarised between different thoughts about what was right and wrong. And, and you were either on one side or the other, you know, it was a bit like Brexit. Just And then we started to feel like, well, there should be something in the middle. And, and the great thing about my band is that our band is that there's a, there's a great deal of tolerance that we've known each other since we were kids and when we got in the rehearsal room even though we didn't ourselves all agree on, on, on a lot of subjects we just had the space and time to be able to listen to each other and listen to each other's songs and as you start playing music it, it, it sort of elevates out of you know arguments you know that's the great thing about music it's the greatest binding factor I think yeah, and what I love about this album is it's very much there's a theme to it, isn't there? But much like the Liberty of Norton Folgate, that kind of album, I think. That, that that was part of the process, yeah, that we just thought, you know, there's kind of a beginning, which is like when we're all freaked out, we're locked down, there's a, there's a middle where we're kind of going, are we ever going to get out of it? And then hopefully there's an end, which is that we have got out of that process. But as I say, because everyone writes, six people writing songs from different perspectives, um, we tried to make it into something um, um, conceptual, yeah. And then it was Michael Keeble player thought about making it Act 1, Act 2 and Act 3 and then getting Martin Freeman, the actor who's, who's a friend of ours, to do some little kind of vignettes in between those three sections. And I think it worked really well. 
Didn't you also have something with Helen Mirren as well? I saw that. Indeed we did, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> when we were sitting about at the record company talking about what we were going to do before the album came out, somebody said, you know, well, but why don't we get like an actor to read some of the lyrics of C'est la Vie, the first single? And I kind of know Helen Mirren. She she um, has a house, I've got a house in Italy and she has a house just down the road. So I got to know her a little bit. And I said, well, just look, I mean, I don't know if she'll do it. Unfortunately, she was at, she wasn't doing anything at the time, and so she just recited the lyrics to our first single, having not even heard the record, but just did it in this kind of sort of vaguely Shakespearean fashion, and it just everyone really liked it, and it really sparked the whole process of, of, of the release of this album. Oh yeah, what a wonderful actress, isn't she? I particularly like yeah. her in the Long Good Friday. Remember that one? Yes, mate. Oh my god. Now, what she is a force of, force of nature, I've sort of got to know her. I mean, she's so down to earth, which is a sort of cliche, but also she's so powerful. And, and I think even today, like, possibly one of the most successful actors in Hollywood, you know, every time there's a, a film uh, a premiere, she's always the one on the front page. She's done so well and she works so hard. So it was very rewarding for, 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 her, for, for us to, to hear her, her doing our... our words it's great so after all these years what do you think it is that keeps the band successful keeps you going and you know what do you what do you think it is well that's a very good question i mean it's it's, it's impossible to answer because it's been so long now so many things have happened to us you know we've had our ups we've had our downs but we've had so many ups you know the roof of buckingham palace you know headlining glastonbury you know we've got a number one album right as we speak it just seems to keep going and i I don't, I don't honestly know why. I mean, we've always been friends since we were kids, and I think that might have something to do with it, that, that, that our relationship with each other is real, you know, and I think people relate to reality, you know what I mean? I mean, so much of the entertainment business is pre-written, some PR expert, or you know what I mean? You're told what to say, what to feel. And we've always just expressed ourselves as normal people, which I hope that we still are. Yeah, like you said with Helen Mirren, I mean, obviously you do your thing, but you're, you're still normal people at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, on that school, I was doing a one-man show in some little pub in Islington in North London, and Helen said, I'd like to come and see her. I said, well, of course you can. Anyway, she, she got on the bus with her sister. She just pulled a bubble bob out over her eyes, <laughs> pretended to be somebody else. But she turned up as a normal person, yeah, and I think... You know, it's a great strength if you can still keep your feet vaguely on the ground while, you know, you are obviously somebody that people want to take photographs of. And I think for Madness, you know, it's always been more important that we live some kind of normal life and, and then the entertainment business is just a job, you know, it's just a job and it's a great job, a really marvellous, privileged job to perform music and to play in front of people. Yeah. And out of all your classic songs, this is a very hard question, but yeah. what, what's your favourite? Well, for me personally, it's Embarrassment, which was, I don't know, one of our earlier singles. But it's a very odd song, you know, and, and it also, like you said, that, that, that bittersweet thing, because it was actually about the saxophone player Lee's sister had a, had a baby with a black guy, and the family started to find that difficult. And, and, and you know, this is a long time ago now, but, but that is actual truth, you know, and it, it explains without sort of hitting you over the head with a, with a mallet how difficult that, that situation was. 
It's interesting also because it doesn't really have a chorus. It just has saxophone solos and embarrassment just comes right at the end. You're an embarrassment bomb. <laughs> the only time you hear the title of the song. Anyway, I just don't know. Whenever I pl- play that song, I, I still really like it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, so many great songs. Baggy Trousers, My Girl. Well, so many indeed. to choose from. I think that as well, you know, that you say the success. I mean, because we had so many hits. I remember once seeing Bob Dylan, you know, you, you never knew what you were going to get watching him. But at some point he said, um, if you don't like this one, don't worry, there'll be a lo- another one along in three minutes. <laughs> I think that's a bit similar with Madness. It's that everybody relates to different songs for, for different periods of their life, you know, like you've mentioned those songs. You can kind of see, you can see on the faces of people that that, that moment in time was captured by a pop, you know, I think all pop music captures a moment in time and and you relive that moment, yeah, and especially, you know, the stuff from when you're young or teenager, you know, your first kiss or your first whatever, your first cigarette, your first drink. These pop songs capture a time, you know, and, and, and they resonate when you get older. When you hear those songs, you, you, you're taken back. It like a smell of, you know, a curry or something. I don't know. It's like, <laughs> very hard to put your finger on. But but we had a lot of we had a lot of hits, yeah, and they're all good and I love them all. You know, I don't dislike any when I look back at all those songs that we wrote, we had a sort of moral compass and I don't know why that is but um all those songs sort of meant something to us and I think that's why they mean something to to, to everybody else yeah I really like uh, NW5 as well from the Liberty and Alton Folgate that's a great one yeah that's funny because that sort of came left beam out of nowhere and, and that's the song we still play and, and the audience really did yeah and again you know that's just Lee our saxophone player wrote the words that about living in Kentish town as a kid and I don't know yeah we always wrote about small things little things local things but you know I think everybody goes, you know, my girl, you know, everyone remembers the first girlfriend, baggy trousers, you know, going to school, everyone, our house, everyone remembers about their house. You don't have to necessarily talk about the freeway or, the, you know, love or the planet. You can just write about having a cup of tea and people resonate with that. Yeah, everyday life. And of course, everyday life, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Of course, you're celebrating this album, and it's going to be a while till you do the next one, probably, but I imagine you'll keep going, won't you? I think we will, yeah. I mean, when we got to the rehearsal rooms for this album, we had 40 songs, so there's sort of another 30 still knocking around. I think we might be able to make another album, hopefully quicker than the seven years it took us to get making this one. But yeah, I mean, you know, we are in a situation where we can do what we want when we want. And so when we do do something, it, it's really full on, you know what I mean? And we really get behind it, you know, like this album. It's so much talking about what we're all going through. And, you know, the band is a bit like a sort of therapy session because we've all been through the same things. But yeah, hopefully, yeah, hopefully it goes on, you know, so long as the knees hold out, I'm perfectly happy to carry on. Yeah, I, th- I think I saw you just before lockdown in Brighton. That was a good gig. Well, yeah, I mean, live, you know, it, it's just people really like it. I mean, we're doing an arena tour coming up soon and it's all sold out and people like what we do. So, you know, I, I, I feel privileged here. Well, thanks a lot for joining us, Suggs, and congratulations again for making it to number one. Well, I'm so glad I got to speak to you. Apparently it's been a few years you've been trying to get hold of me. 
Yeah, five years apparently. I didn't realise it was that long. I spoke to you before, but this obviously was even longer ago. But yeah. Well, I'm very glad we caught up, mate. Hopefully, see you soon. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Sugsy. All right, mate.